This is where it all started. And I'd like our pastor to read it. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a noise came from heaven. It sounded like a strong wind blowing. This noise filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw something that looked like frames of fire. The flames were separated and stood over each person there. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in different languages. The Holy Spirit was giving them the power to do this. There were some godly Jews in Jerusalem at this time. They were from every country in the world. A large crowd came together because they heard the noise. They were surprised because as the apostles were speaking, sorry, everyone heard in their own language. They were all amazed at this. They did not understand how the apostles could do this. They said, look, these men we, are, we hear speaking are all from Galilee, but we hear them in our own languages. How is this possible? But others were laughing at the apostles saying they were drunk from too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the other 11 apostles. He spoke loudly so that all the people could hear. He said, my Jewish brothers and all of you who live in Jerusalem, listen to me. I will tell you something you need to know. Listen carefully. These men are not drunk as you think. It is only 9 o'clock in the morning. But Joel the prophet wrote about what you see happening here today. My fellow Israelites, listen to these words. Jesus from Nazareth was a spe very special man. God clearly showed this to you. He proved it by the miracles, wonders, and miraculous signs he did through Jesus. You all saw these things. You know this, this is true. Jesus was handed, was handed over to you, and you killed him. With the help of even men, you nailed him to a cross. But God knew all this would happen. It was his plan, a plan he made long ago. Jesus suffered the pain of death, but God made him free. He was raised from death. There was no way for death to hold him. So all the people of Israel should know this for certain. God has made Jesus to be Lord and Messiah. He is the man you nailed to the cross. When the people heard this, they felt very, very sorry. They asked Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Change your hearts and lives and be baptized, each one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Then God will forgive your sins. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, this promise is for you. It is also for your children and for the people who are far away. It is for everyone the Lord our God calls to himself. Peter warned them with many words. He begged them, Save yourselves from the evil of the people who live now. Then those who, were accept then those who accepted what Peter said were baptized. On that day, about 3,000 people were added to the group of believers. The believers spent their time listening to the teaching of the apostles. They shared everything with each other. They ate together and prayed together. Many wonders and miraculous signs were happening th through the apostles and everyone felt great respect for God. All the believers stayed together and shared everything. They sold their land and the things they owned. Then they divided the money and gave it to those who needed it. The believers shared a common purpose. And every day they spent much of their time together in the temple area. They also ate together in their homes. 
they were happy to share their food and ate with joyful hearts. The believers praised God and were respected by all the people. More and more people were being saved every day, and the Lord was adding them to their group. May the Lord bless the reading of the word. Let us pray. Father, thank you indeed. And we just ask you to open our hearts and our eyes. Allow us to see us for who we are. And change us for what you want us to be. Father, I humble myself before you all over again, knowing that apart from your spirit, to speak to your people, I am nothing and won't be effective. So Lord God, would you be the one to speak to your people with power? Allow us to see what you want us to see and allow us to do what you want us to do. We commit this time to you, Lord. We pray for our members who are not here, who may have been prevented from coming for one reason or another. Our prayer, Lord, is you just be with them and sustain them for whatever they're going through, Lord. Bless them as you bless us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you were reading that account of the first century church in Acts chapter 2, wouldn't you agree, especially if you take a look at the last, uh, I guess, few verses, you know, they ate together, they were happy to share their food, and ate with joyful hearts, the believers praised God and respected by all the people, more and more people were being saved every day, and the Lord was adding to their group. Don't you agree that that is a blessed church? You know, it's a blessed church. You know, God is really in their midst and God is blessing their church. You know, I would have, I would have shown it this way, a happy church, okay? A blessed church is a happy church. And, and you know, I hope that as Pastor Song was reading it and the words were coming to you, I hope you were able to see a picture of the blessed church. Because this morning, I'd like to talk about the church that God blesses. The church that God blesses. Would you like to be a part of the church that God blesses? I hope you don't like to be a part of the church that God curses. You know? No, I don't like to be, become part of that. I want to be a part with a church that God blesses. And it's my prayer. My prayer that CCF LA will be one that God blesses. Would you agree? This is our family. This is us. And we would like us to be blessed by God. By the title alone, the church that God blesses. The implication is this. Not all churches are blessed by God. Yes or no? Therefore, I think it's it's really good for us to know and to understand the structure and what it takes for God to bless a church. Pastor In Song shared with us last week truth about the church. If you were here last week, what did he share about? George. Ah, wala ka ba kahapon? 
What did he say? What did he? What did Pastor Pastor In Song shared with us about a church? The church is. We are the church, right? And if we are the church, then I really hope and pray that we are the church that God blesses. We are not just the church per se, but we are the church that God blesses. And that's my prayer. That's my desire. That's our desire because we are CCM. It is God's will, first and foremost. It is God's will, first and foremost, to bless and build up His church. Yes or no? It is. And the Bible is very clear. Number one, the church is His plan. From the very beginning, okay, from the very beginning, when Jesus came, He already had a church in mind. As the main vehicle to save you and me. The reason why you and I are here and the reason why people are coming to God is because Jesus thought about building a church. You know, if you take, you know, if you're if you're a serious Bible reader or a person who really would like to know God's plan. It will be good for you to, to know God's agenda. As you read the Bible, you know, the Bible has one unifying theme. And if you know this, you will begin to appreciate and understand the Bible. You know, the theme of the Bible is this. The great God of the universe. For His own glory. You know, He chose, He created and chose a group of people that will serve Him, praise Him, and glorify Him. Until the end of time. And he will pick them up, put them together, and he will show these people his power, his love, his grace, and bless them. And before he can do that, he has to save them from their sins. And he used the church to be able to make that happen. From the very beginning, in Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, remember this is a passage that Pastor In Song used last week. So I tell you, you are Peter. Jesus said, I will build my church on this rock. And look at this. The power of death, meaning what? Satan. The power of Satan will not be able to defeat my church. Do you see what this means? Whether you like it or not, God will build his church. It doesn't depend upon me. It doesn't depend upon Pastor In Song. It doesn't depend upon you. It doesn't depend on John MacArthur. It doesn't depend on Rick Warren. No! The whole church God will build by Jesus' power alone. Amen. And Satan, do you know what Satan means? Diabolos. Diabolos means the divider. You know how God destroys churches these days? He divides people. He makes people fight. You know, he, he, he puts some ideas in the mind of people and make people feel, oh, it's his problem. Oh, it's wrong. Oh, it's, you know, that's how you get divided. And folks, do not allow Satan to get the church. Our role is to continue believing that our God will build this church because he said so. At the epicenter of the church growth, 
at the epicenter of the things that God will do to save all of us is that statement that Jesus said, I will build my church. And the power of Satan cannot overcome it. So if you are a D group leader right now, and you're doing your discipleship activities and you are kind of discouraged, don't. Don't. I'm looking at you. Those of you who are, Bobby, why did you take a look at Alex? <laughs> Those of you who are beginning a group and are saying, ang hirap nito, you know, please, it is not you who will build it. Bobby, Alex, Jesus will be the one to build it. Amen. And the gates of hell cannot prevail over it. Those of you, those of you who are challenged right now by God to do what God wants you to do, remember this. God's will is to bless and build His church. But not just any church, a church that is done and founded according to His will. You understand me? And He will specify that. And if He wants to bless the church, you better be the church that He will bless. And my prayer Look at me, all of us will understand that and we will all do what it needs to be blessed as a church. And then, number two, the church is his bride. The church is the bride of Christ. What do you mean the bride? I mean, uh, it's like the church and Jesus Christ are a married couple. You know, if the, if, if the church is the bride of Christ, do you think, don't you think God wants to bless his bride? And that's the reason why I am very confident that it is God's plan from the very beginning to bless his church. Ephesians 5.27, Christ died so that he could give the church to himself like a bride. In all her beauty, he died so that the church could be holy and without fault and no evil. Why is it important to know that God blesses His church. You know why? It is of utmost importance that the church is blessed by God. I will repeat that. Church, it is of utmost important that the church is blessed by God. Why? Because the church that God blesses is the only hope of our sick and dying world. Remember, We've been sharing to all of us that the world out there is sick and many of us may not be aware about what's going on out there because we're so busy with our lives. But little by little, the enemy is very successful because they're eroding, the enemy is eroding the very foundations upon which our children will desire church in the future. The young people today are going away from the church because of the influence of the world. And, you know, it's just, it's just sad that you will hear people say, the church which used to be the foundation of blessing is now the places where people have problems. That's sad because Satan is there and creating some problems. The only hope that the world, that the sick world out there is the church. And that's us. What I'm saying is this. There are many people who believe the value of the church. Your leadership every year attends a global leadership summit sponsored by this guy, Bill Heibel. 
He started the church 22 years ago. And his story is that a lot of people discouraged him. The lawyer, the lawyer with whom he talked when he was founding the church, discouraged him. The lawyer asked him, what are you putting a church for? What are you going to do when you put up a church? What's your belief? Bill Heibel said, I'm putting a church because I want God to change people's lives. And the lawyer said, young man, you're dreaming. People will not change. And today, you are manifestation of changed lives, right? And the reason why lives are changing is because the church is alive and the church is healthy. He said this, Bill Hybel said this, the local church is the hope of the world. I'd like to add a phrase there. The local, healthy, and blessed church is the hope of the world. Because there are so many churches out there are doing churches for the sake of doing church. Trust me, you know, as small as we are right now, I am praying that God will use this church to be able to change the community in which we live. First of all, change your families. Change the people around you because we are the only hope of the people around us because our lives are changing. Does that make sense to you guys? Did I hear an echo? Yeah. Okay. The healthy, blessed church can offer hope to those who are hurting. Yes or no? That's us. That's you and me. If we're not going to offer hope to people, we defeat our purpose. A sick and unblessed church cannot give what it does not have. And that's why this morning, I would like to talk about a church that God blesses. And it's my prayer that we are that church. You are the church. Say to each other, look at each other, say, you are the church. And you are the church and kiss the person next to you. No, 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 I'm just kidding. If it's your wife, yes, okay? You are the church. And, you know, I would like to even make it personal. We are the church. You are the church. We are the church. Yes, honey, we are the church. CCFLA, my question is this. Are we the church that God blesses? Hold your answer. Give your answer later after the message. And perhaps we can all pray together that after we see what it looks like to be blessed by God, we will all desire to be a church just like that. Are we that church that God blesses? Will we be if we are His church indeed? What am I saying? Why, 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 why Danny? Uh, do you mean to tell me there are there are churches that are not belonging to God? <laughs> oh yeah. Some people even call themselves the church of Satan. There are so many things that are happening today in this world. And we better be sure that we are His church. We are His church. And that's why I want to go back to Matthew 16, 18. The first mention of the word church. Okay? 
You know, the word church has come to us in many ways and it has been distorted. That's why last week, Pastor Song described what the church is. It's a building, right? Oh, good, you're listening. Pastor Song delivered a good message. It's an organization, right? Right? It's people. It's us. In fact, if you take a look at the passage, verse 18, Jesus, after asking his disciples, who do you think I am? What do other people say? The people say, oh, you're John the Baptist. You're Elijah. You're Jeremiah. You're the prophet. And then he asks his disciples, what about you, Peter? You guys, who do you think I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus said, you know, Peter, you're right. But that, that did not come from you or flesh and blood. It came from my father who put those words into your lips so that you know that Jesus is really the son of the living God. And then in verse 18, he said, so I tell you, you are Peter. And on this, you are Peter, and I will build my church on this rock. The power of death or Satan will not be able to defeat it. You know, the word is ecclesia. You know, when, when Tyndale, Tyndale is the one who translated the Bible from Greek to English. The first century translation of the Bible from Greek to English did not use the word church. Okay? Of course, ecclesia is there, but church just evolved because of the German word where people, where peop, a place where people meet. And unfortunately, it became that kind of thing for people. But in reality, the first translation of the Bible into English reflected the word congregation, gathering. Ecclesia is a gathering. It's a congregation. Congregation, many gatherings of people who are called out. Called out for what purpose? You, you know, they're gathering for what? There's a reason why they're gathering. They're gathering for a purpose. And the purpose is Acts 1.8. What does it say? But the Holy Spirit will come on you and will give you power. You will be my witnesses. You will tell people everywhere about me, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the rest of the world. Ecclesia, the church, is a gathering of people called out to what? Witness. They are witnesses of Jesus to tell people everywhere about Jesus. What about Jesus? That Jesus is the living God. That Jesus is the resurrected Messiah who has the power to change the lives of people. Do you understand me? That's a church. The church is not a building. And you are the church. We are gathered here and we are all witnesses. Supposed to be witnesses of Jesus of how Jesus changed our lives and tell that to other people. 1 Peter 2.9. Again, Pastor Insong referred, this, referred to this last week. But you are a chosen people, the king's priests. You are a holy nation, people who belong to God. He chose you to tell about the wonderful things he has done. He brought you out of the darkness of sin into his wonderful light. You know, the gathering, the church, the ecclesia is a gathering of people who will witness for Jesus and who will declare to the people out there, hey, I was in darkness before. Maitim ako dati. Ngayon maputi na. Okay? Parang ganun. Okay? And you are so proud of it. Okay? 
I'm not, no offense to those people who are really dark, okay? And, you know, he made it specific. You know how I, I want you to become witnesses? You know how I want you to become priests and people who are called out, chosen people for the, uh, as king's priests? What I want you to do is very specific. And in fact, this is what he said. He gave the Great Commission. Remember, remember, when he said he will build his church, he knew he was going to die. Right? And weeks after he died, he was crucified and then he was what? Resurrected from the dead. When he was about to go to heaven, he said, okay, now you understand. I will build my church. I will build my gathering of people who are called out for a purpose. And that purpose is what? To witness. To declare to the people that you were dark before and now you're light. Okay? You were bad before and now you're good. Or something like that. And you know what? You know how to do this? You'll do this through the Great Commission. Wow! And the Great Commission is what? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Guys, since three years ago, since you met us, we've been bombarding this and bombarding this and bombarding these things to you. Because this is exactly what Jesus said. If you want to be a church that I will bless, you better do it the way I want it. And you know what? He said, this is the only way that I will bless this church if you do discipleship. And when he said that, you know when he said that? After he said that, what did he do? He left. <laughs> you know, he, he, he was with his, he, parang, parang imagine as if they were, we were so few. And imagine, just imagine the disciples then, okay, with Jesus. And imagine I'm Jesus, okay? Imagine them, okay? okay? And then he said, you know what? Guys, you see, I resurrected from the dead, as you can see. And I know that the world out there do not believe. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, they were even looking at Jesus and saying, are you really Jesus? Are you alive? It was a bunch of what? Doubting people. They were outlawed, by the way, because Jesus was crucified and they killed. Who killed them? The authorities, right? So do you think his followers are excited? They will, they're probably excited because, in fact, they said, Lord, since you are resurrected now, we are confident that you can overcome the enemy. Right? Right, Bong? I mean, you know, if, if, if Jesus is resurrected and he can overcome the enemy, all of you guys should be excited. In fact, they are partly excited and partly wondering. And Jesus said, you know what? Okay. Remember the church I told you to build? I will build that. Okay? And I will use you. But this is my instruction. Go make disciples. Right? All right? And then he disappears. If you were there, how would you feel? Okay? You know, he, he disappeared. That was what? That was 1 AD. He disappeared. Today, it's 2013. Are there big churches that are all over the place? that are making a difference in the lives of people. Yes or no? Yes, yes or no? Yes. The reason why you're here is because a church touched your lives. Yes or no? Yes. 
Is Jesus alive and is he making his promise serious? You and I are here because Jesus said he will build his church. And you better believe that. You better believe that. And folks, we are the hope of the lost world out there. And we better be the church that God will bless. We better be the church that God will bless. Because if God will not bless us, I'd rather not do church. It's hard. But if God will bless us, let's do it together because it's worth it. I see Marina and Ike here. I see so many of you here. Christy and Alvin. Because God touched your lives through this church. And I praise God for you who touched their lives. He left. But when he left, he made an impact. And he's still working. The first century church was the fulfillment of Matthew 16, 18. Yes or no? You know why? Because it was a true gathering of real witnesses. It was a true gathering of real witnesses and disciples of the resurrected Christ. And the rest was history. Believe me, the rest was history. The first century church was so blessed that that started the building of the other churches. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. They were in the upper room. They were wondering what next, guys. Yeah, he said, let's, build a, let's, let's make disciples, and then he left. Salbahi, okay? But you know what? The Holy Spirit came upon them and they were never the same. And God started to work exactly the way Jesus predicted. But what happened thereafter? Believe it or not, the gathering that was supposed to gather momentum started to slow down. Yeah, seriously. You know, because Satan, the enemy... It's there too, by the way. As, God, as Jesus promised to build this church, Satan is also busy what? Slowing it down. What? Remember? The 12 apostles started the first century church. Peter and the other 11, right? Judas Iscariot was replaced, and then they started the early church. They were very successful because as you read, God added 3,000 in one day, and then thousands were added every day and every day. But after that, you know, after that, maybe, maybe months or even years after that, they started to slow down. They started to become comfortable. Okay? They became so comfortable that, that God said to Jesus, I'm just making this up, okay? <laughs> Probably he, he, he was, he called Jesus, Jesus, come here, come here, come here. I think there's something wrong with the church that, you know, that you left. They started well. The first century church were doing very well. You know, they, they exploded because they were doing what they were doing. But, but they're now relaxing. Okay? They're just talking about programs now. There are so many programs and everything. They're no longer doing the Great Commission. And you know what, Jesus? I think, I think you hired the wrong people. 
Okay? Those 12, you know, they're okay. They started well. They, they're not doing anything right now. They're just very comfortable sitting. Oh, they went outside of Jerusalem, but they did not go out any further because probably they were afraid to be persecuted. Probably they were afraid to, to, to get out of their comfort zone and start doing the Great Commission. What do you mean? What do you mean, God? Look at them. The gathering stopped gathering. You know, it's not as big as I want it to be as you've said it will be. But, you know, you know can, I, can I make a suggestion, Jesus? You can, I think you have to hire someone else. Hire who? I think you have to hire a Pharisee, okay? Pharisee? Yeah, that guy, that guy. See? Who? Saul of Tarsus? Remember, Saul was not part of the 12. Remember? Right? He said, that guy? I'm going to hire that guy? Oh, yeah, hire him. You know, tell him, you know, because a Pharisee, he's a Pharisee. He can create trouble and he can really attract attention. Believe me. And if he does a good job, tell him. I'll ask him to write half of the New Testament. You know what I'm saying? Oh, really? Okay, so Jesus comes down and hired the Apostle Paul. And uh, by the way, by the way, it's not just as simple to get the attention of Paul. Matthew, you said, follow me, they follow you. Peter, follow me, they follow you. This guy, if you tell him you follow him, he probably will not listen. So kick him out of his horse, okay? That's what Jesus did. He kicked him out of his horse, he fell, he got blind, and then he got the attention of Paul, and the rest was history. It was Paul who, what? Who revived the early church to go out there. In fact, the apostles were so afraid of him, right? If you know the story. I said, you know, this guy is the persecutor of the church. Why should we work with him? No, 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 no. Okay? Uh, talk to him, talk to him. And then eventually Paul went to Jerusalem and talked to the disciples. And he said, okay, guys, I'm your friend. Let's meet, let's meet, let's huddle again, and let's re-strategize, okay? Okay? You hear me? I'm your friend now. I'm not your enemy. This is the Apostle Paul, okay? You know what? Let's do what we do. Let's go build the church again, okay? And let's divide the work. Okay, so he got a world map. He encircled Jerusalem. Okay, let's split the work. Okay, you take care of Jerusalem and I'll take care of the rest of the world. <laughs> Golly. Okay, and I hope we have the energy and the boldness of a Paul because Paul was the one who revolutionized and changed the church and made it what it should be today. Many of you don't know that, but that's exactly what happened. But I'm not sure if that's the way God talked to Jesus, okay? I just made that up, okay? Is it possible? Is it possible that most churches of the present-day ecclesia are not gathering for what they were called out for? Huh? Remember what Pastor Song shared with us last week? So many ministries, so many activities, but they're missing the point. Why am I sharing this? Because I want us to be the church that God blesses. I want us to be like the Apostle Paul who did exactly the right thing so that God will bless the church. There have been deviations from discipleship, believe me. There have been deviations from discipleship and witnessing about the power of the resurrected Jesus to change lives. Big time deviation. And many of us, of course, are victim of that because we've been to churches that did so many programs and programs and programs and programs but never did discipleship. Discipleship hurts. Discipleship will hurt so many people, believe me. 
Discipleship can cause people to even leave church. But that's the only way for people to grow and become like Christ. Remember that? Tommy, you know? That's not what church is all about. Okay? Church is all about discipleship and witnesses. Two weeks ago, I attended a gathering of 2,000 churches in Saddleback. God gave me the privilege, me and my wife, together with the other CCF pastors, to attend this. If Pastor and Song were not working, he would have been there. And look at, look at the repentance. Again, look at the repentance of the church today. Why are they, for the first time ever, now talking about discipleship? You know why? Because the churches today, the leaders of the churches today are realizing, hey, hey, we have missed the point. It's time for us to go back and repent and do what Jesus did in the first century church so that God will make a movement all over again. 2,000 churches. And you know what I realized? Guys, you know what I realized? The big church in America today, honestly, modesty aside, I'm not bragging. We're way ahead of them in terms of discipleship. GLC is way ahead. And these people are just beginning. They have no idea. You know, if I were, if I were, you know, Pastor Peter, I will tell them, shut up, guys. I know what to do, okay? You better make me the speaker next year because we're so way ahead. Those guys don't even know what discipleship is. They use the word discipleship and they can't even agree what it is, right? But what I'm saying is this. There's an attempt already to go to discipleship all over the place because people are realizing that churches today are probably not his church anymore because of the deviation that they have been doing in the things that they do. So, we, as few as we are, we, the church, must continue making disciples like those before us. Amen? You know, kasi yun ang gusto ni God, guys. Question is, are we? Will we? Okay? Or we will become like the rest of the twelve, afraid and comfortable, not doing anything, waiting for the Apostle Paul and God to move. And by that time, they realized they missed it. Sayang. Church, obviously we are not seeing the connection between being blessed we're not seeing the connection between being blessed and being the congregations of good witnesses and disciple makers. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is a connection between being blessed and there's a connection between doing, witnessing, and discipleship as God said in the Great Commission. If you want us to be the church that God will bless, believe me, we have to do what he said we should do. The first century church, the fulfillment of Matthew 16, 18. A true gathering of real witnesses and disciples of Christ, the resurrected Christ. Now that we know that, now that we know that there's a gap, what do we do? I have very simple 
thoughts for you guys. Now what? Simple. Let's do what the first century church did. Right? And be blessed. Let's not complicate our lives. Bobby. Diba Toti? Yun lang eh. Yun lang ang pinapagawa ni God. Huwag na natin i-complicate. Sabi niya, CCFLA, do what the first century church did and be blessed as a church. Number one, sabi niya, we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. All of us. All of us must know that we are Christians. Many of us are still going to church and not sure whether we're true Christians or not. You know, because if you're not true Christians, you think you're Christians and you're not, the Holy Spirit will not be with you. If you're not sure that you're a Christian, please go see George. If you see George, you will know what a Christian is not. You know, I love, you know, I love this guy. You know, the reason why I really talk to him is because he wants to change. And I know that he's a Christian. And if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit will fill you. And if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, your life will not change. If you do not see any change in your life, chances are perhaps, just perhaps, I'm not judging, that you may not have the Spirit of God with you and that you're not a Christian. We must be Spirit-filled through prayer to have supernatural powers to do the impossible. If we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, can we do the impossible? Absolutely. You can change. You can avoid or you can throw out that, that, that temptation that's easily so destroying you. You can get rid of the problems that easily so put you in a bad witness. The Holy Spirit will make you do that. But it says through prayer. One of the things that I think we, failed, we are failing to do in CCF is we're not praying as much as we should. And I'm appealing to you guys and I'm appealing to Pastor Song and to the leaders of this church. Maybe we should bring that, I don't know, once a month, come to our knees right here in this place and pray for everything that we need to pray about. Or in the D groups, let's devote one, one week in a month to just do nothing but pray. Right? You know, God is really attacking us. The people that I wanted to talk to and assign this work are not here today. Satan knew what I was going to talk about. And look at us, half full. Seriously. Satan is attacking this church whether you like it or not. Why? Because we're doing the right thing. Your leaders are committed to do the right thing. And we're going to die doing it. And if Satan is going to be facing us, we're going to face him with Christ. Because Christ is greater than my Satan. We need to pray. And if God is speaking to you to say, Lord, use me, I want to pray. Step up. I want to, Lord, use me. I want to gather all the prayer requests of CCF so that I can do something about praying for this church as best as I can. And I know God will move. And God will change all of us. Acts 1.14, in the passage we read, the first century church, this all with one mind, were continually devoting themselves to prayer. I submit to you, even I, 
forgive me as your pastor. Don't continually pray. And I think it's time for us to repent and become continually prayers. Continual means you stop because you have to eat. Continuous, you don't stop, but it says continual, meaning at every opportunity that you can, pray. Pray. Pray for us. Pray for your leaders. Pray for Pastor Peter. Pray for all of the leaders. Pray for your D-group leaders. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family because we need prayers, because we need the supernatural power of the living God. Acts 2.4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in different languages. The Holy Spirit was giving them power to do this. The early, the first century church did something miraculous, yes or no? Wow, how did they do it? Because of the Holy Spirit. And if you think you're just, oh, I'm just, I'm just Mike. You know, I, I can't do much. I'm an ordinary person. No, Mike. There are so many Mikes here, so you know. Mikes! You can do many things, okay? Mike, 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 okay? Tatlong Mike, okay? You can do many things because of the Holy Spirit who can do mighty things in your midst. Bibingihin kita talaga, Mike, okay? Number two, CCFLA, do what the first century church did to be a blessed church. Number two, we must have a bold, single-minded message. Tama na yung iba-ibang message, palaliman ng alam sa Bible. Isang message lang. A simple, bold message that God is actually at work and in the midst of this fellowship, miraculously changing our lives. That's all our message. The reason why many people are here, the reason why many people are coming to us is because my life changed. And I want your life to change. And if you're here and you feel that your life has not changed, please, go to a discipleship arrangement with someone and your life will change. What did you say, Mike? Go to George. Trust me. God will use George to put up a CCF Lakewood. Only after we have 20,000 here, okay? <laughs> George, do you hear me? Okay. Not mere claims. Look at that. Not mere claims. But life trajectory changing realities about Jesus Christ. Life trajectory changing realities about Jesus Christ. What am I talking about? Well, first, let me, let me show you what it says. God caused Jesus Christ... His appointed Messiah, whom the people rejected and killed to rise from the dead. The guilty better repent to be saved or perish. Many repented, changing their lives' trajectories. You know, life trajectory. For example, Acts chapter 2, verse 22. My fellow Israelites, listen to these words. Jesus from Nazareth was a very special man. God clearly showed this to you. He proved it by miracles, wonders. He did through Jesus. You all saw this thing, so you know that this is true. Jesus was handed over to you. You killed him. You know what Peter said? Very simple message. You killed Jesus. Now he's alive. You better repent. <laughs> you know, that got to their heart. And you know, whatever you're doing right now, okay, I would like to tell you that in one way or another, we are killing Jesus. With our disobedience. 
We are nailing Jesus again on that cross because of our disobedience. And you know what? Jesus rose again from the dead and he will ask you an account for what you're doing and you better repent. And if you repent, you know what? Your life trajectory will change. You're headed to hell, you will now go to heaven. That's what it means. Acts 2.36, so all the people of Israel should know this for certain. Again, he said it. God has made Jesus to be the Lord and Messiah. He is the man you nailed to the cross. When people heard this, look at this, they felt very, very sorry. And they asked Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? And you know what Peter said? Change your hearts and be baptized. Meaning what? Get saved, brother. Once you're saved, your life trajectory will change and the rest will follow. We need to repent. If God is calling you right now because you're doing something wrong, repent. Change. If you're headed in the cliff of destruction, change your trajectory and move somewhere else so that you will be safe. And Satan will use you, will make you blind to see that you're doing the right things. But in fact, you're not. If you don't see what Satan is doing to you, you will regret it. You'll be headed right into the precipice. But because we're here in a discipleship setup, we can prevent that from life happening. Life trajectories can change. It's like this. You know, one, that one trajectory, for example, can show you headed for rebellion. You know, maybe children, you, this is you, you're headed for rebellion, you don't like what your parents are doing. You know what? You need a disciple to redirect you Okay, some of you are headed for divorce. You know, just looking at George, I, I really, I was looking at Maribic. Where's Maribic? Downstairs. You know, I saw the trajectory of the life of Maribic and I pitied Maribic. So I talked to George. No, George, no, just kidding, okay? You know, discipleship, what does discipleship do? Pastor In Song is talking to many couples in Lakewood because he is influencing, by the word of God, the trajectories of these people. Without the word of God, the trajectories of people is what? Rebellion, divorce. But with discipleship, the trajectory of their lives can change to love and respect. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's what discipleship will do to each and every one of us to change our lives. Don't get discouraged. The process is difficult. You can get hurt along the way. You can be misunderstood along the way. You can be gossip, you think, along the way. Please, don't even get discouraged by that. What is important are the people behind the things that they want to do is because they just want you to have a life trajectory change. Life trajectory change. There was this driver who really hates lawyers. Okay? Every time he sees a lawyer, you know, bong, he drives his car and then hits them, okay? And then goes, goes back to the truck again. So the lawyer goes there, lying on the street, okay? So he, every time he sees a lawyer, he does that, okay? So the, the life trajectory of that, uh, of that uh, man is just, he sees a lawyer, sasagasaan niya, okay? Kayo, siguro, ganyan din kayo, panakakita kayo ng kaaway niyo, di ba? Then one day, while he was driving his truck, he saw a pastor, the pastor of the church in, in one area, and he was like, you know, hitching, trying to hitch, okay? So the, the, the man, you know, let the pastor in. Okay, uh, where are you going? You know, I'm just going maybe one block down the road. Uh, yeah, hop in, okay? 
Oh, yeah, I know. You're, I know you're the pastor. You're the pastor of the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, thank you. So the pastor jumped in, very happy. But while they were driving, the man saw a lawyer. Okay? And so he tried to really again run this lawyer over. But then he realized, oh, the pastor is with me. Okay? So he swerved like this to avoid the lawyer. Then so he, he knew he, he did not hit the lawyer. But once they get past the lawyer, there was a loud thud. Boog! Okay? Wow! But he, he knew he didn't hit the lawyer. So he, he said to the pastor, Pastor, I nearly missed that guy. You know, don't worry. I hit him with a door. Okay? <laughs> that pastor was supposed to change the life trajectory of that person. If he did not do his job, man, shame on us. Our job as disciples is to change the life trajectory of what we're supposed to be doing. Right, Kyle? Kyle is laughing and smiling and she's enjoying it, okay? CCFLA, do what the first century church did and be a blessed church. Number three, we must lovingly and sacrificially support one another as family to each other, okay? So what's number one? Do you recall what number one is? Pray, be filled with the Holy Spirit. What's number two? Have one bold message of life change. Change the trajectories of the lives of people because your lives have been changed by God and you are witnesses of how you can change the trajectories of other people. Number three, love and sacrificially support one another. Be in the groups. Acts 2.42 says, The believers spent their time listening, teaching to the apostles. They shared everything with each other. They ate together and prayed together. All the believers stayed together and shared everything. They sold their land and the things they owned. They divided the money and gave it to those who needed it. George, can you give all of your money? Alam ko si Alvin, maraming pera ka, bibigyan ako mamaya niyan, okay? I'm just kidding, guys. You see, if we love one another, we can sacrifice what we have for the sake of the people who are hurting in our midst. That is a real church. That is a church that God will bless. Okay? CCFLA, we must be local. Okay? Ano yung local? Both local and global. Guys, I really look forward to the time when this place will be filled with people who speak different languages, not just Tagalog. Okay? Tagalog. Okay? We will be touching the lives of many people out there so that we will become global. Look at this. In Acts 2, 5 to 8, there were some godly Jews in Jerusalem at this time. They were from every country in the world. The large crowd came together because they heard the noise. They were surprised because as the apostles were speaking, everyone heard in their own language. They were all amazed at this. They did not understand how the apostles could do this. If the church were to grow, we have to expand our riches and make this place available for other nationalities as well. And this is not going to be just a Filipino church, trust me. It's going to be a church of many languages because that's the way God will bless it. So you better practice your English very well. Okay? Okay, ba? Okay. George, you better practice your English. Number five. Okay? Number five, we must be gracious to allow every gift in the body to be used. God has many gifts. God has blessed every single one of us with a gift. Yes or no? And the church that God will bless, you should allow the people to use their gifts 
encourage them, even if they make mistakes. Most of the time, Bobby, okay. Gising na si Bobby, okay. Acts 2, 17 to 18. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your men shall see dreams. Oh, shall, men shall dream dreams. Even my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour my spirit and they will prophesy. Meaning what? They will do many things. Practice their gifts. So, CCFLA, I would like you to support and use the gifts of the people here in this fellowship, even if they make mistakes, like make announcements like this. Okay? I'm not saying that Joseph and Pedro will do this. Okay? Sometimes they will make announcements in the website like this. Don't let worry kill you. Let the church help. Okay? You know, gifts are gifts. Okay? Thursday night, potluck dinner. Prayer and medication to follow. Okay? <laughs> this person is just exercising his gift. Okay? Don't kill him. Right? Remember in prayer, the many who are sick of our church and D-groups. Aray ko po. Okay? Joseph! Okay? For those of you who have children and don't know it, <laughs> we have a nursery downstairs. Okay? Hmm. Smile at someone who is hard to love. Say hell to someone who doesn't care as much about you. Hello! Hello. Okay. Guys, we will use your talents, even if you make mistakes, because this is a loving church. All we want is for you to exercise your gifts and do it. Mike, Mike, Mike. Number five, or number six, finally, and I'll close with this. We ought to grow, even exponentially. Do you believe this? You know what? It is my prayer that we will really be used by God to have an explosion, not just in this city, but hopefully in America, because God will use you, humble leaders, to multiply yourself to other leaders. I know it will happen if we will just do what the first century church did. As we become people who will fellowship with one another, sharing with one another that we are a group of people that Christ, the living God, changed. Our trajectories have been headed for hell. He brought us to heaven. Our trajectories have been to division and separation. God brought us together. Our trajectory has been divorce and rebellion, but God brought us unity, love, and respect. That is our story. And if we do that, we can be exponentially growing in love with each other because of our newfound lives and fellowship with one another. Then those who accepted what Peter said were baptized. On that day, 3,000 people were added to the group. I will not be surprised when one day, hundreds upon hundreds of people will come to be baptized in the place called the church that God blesses. I don't care if it's CCF. I don't care what its name is as long as it's a church that God blesses because they're doing what it's supposed to do. The believers praised God and were respected by all people. More and more people were being saved every day and the Lord was adding them to their group. You are the church. CCFLA, you are the church. We are the church.
And I'd like you to claim this. We are a blessed church. And if we are a blessed church, it's going to be a blessed you and a blessed us. Do you like that? And once you and I are blessed, we will bless others. Let's pray. God, thank you. God, thank you. Whatever you have written in our hearts to motivate us to be the kind of church that will be blessed. Lord, put it so deep, so deep in our hearts that it will move to our hands and our feet. Lord, we want to be the church that you will bless because foremost, we want to bless our lives and our families. Change our trajectories, Lord, from whatever wrong we're doing to the right spirit-filled obedience that you want us to do so that our lives will change and our lives will be blessed. And because of our blessed lives, Lord, we will bless others. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.